I welcome you to the greatest show on earth. Created to be a creator. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Created to Be Creative podcast, and I have my brother with yes. me. What's up, y'all? This is Pastor Luke Remington. Yes. Shout yourself out. Who are Listen, you? Listen, I'm going to shout myself out. It's an honor to be here. I am Jayla's friend. I am the student pastor at Abundant Life Church here in Locust Grove, Georgia. My name is Luke Remington. I am the husband to a beautiful wife, Gracie Remington. That is my crowning achievement, is my wife. And yeah, that's me. Luke, how was your day? My day is wonderful. It's raining, but God's good. You know, I'm glad, Jayla. That even if life wasn't good, God still is. God still is. Hey, I'm telling you, I'll preach on this podcast right now. When life ain't good, God still is. But life's good. It's good. Today's good. Most definitely. So today we're talking about identity and purpose. Amen. But first, I want to start off by asking you, what did you want to be when you grew up? I had no idea. I, I, I went through several different things as a, as, a, as a kid growing up. You know, I was raised around church, and I was, I was raised in church to a degree, but not like really heavily like in in church. And so I never really growing up until I got saved wanted to be anything with the ministry. But I know that I went through wanting to be like a firefighter. I wanted uh, when I was real young, I wanted to be a wrestler. You feel me? Um, still kind of trying to pursue that avenue. If y'all know of anybody, I'm just playing. Yeah. But, um I wanted to be several different things. I never really had one dream since I was a child that, man, I want to do this with the rest of my life. Yeah. How did you get caught up into pastoring? So I got saved when I was 16 years old. Um, quick backstory: I was lost on my on my way to a hell that I was not created to live in. I was living in sin and in in just I'm not going to glorify all that I was into, but I was bad off. And I was sitting in my living room one night, actually December 31st, 2013. I was in my living room, and uh, after after a party that I had come from, it was New Year's Eve night, and I just started thinking about some things, and the Spirit of the Lord convicted me, and he said, Son, if you don't repent right now, you're going to spend eternity apart from me. Wow. But he convicted me, not just that I was a sinner on my way to hell, but he convicted me that, that I wasn't designed, I wasn't created to live a life of separation. Mm-hmm. And my sinner's prayer was this, God, I'm here. And and in that moment, he delivered me from addiction, and, and he saved me. I was born again. Yeah. You know, I'd walked to altars before, but in that moment, I was born again. And, uh, you know, started attending Abundant Life Church. You know, had several friends in high school. Shout out Vernon, Aaron, Timmy, who, uh, who developed in me like, hey, even before I was saved, you know, they ministered to me, witnessed to me. And uh, so I started going to their church, not— mm-hmm off of any denominational preferences. I really didn't have a clue about that. I went to their church because I knew that they really acted different than everybody else. Wow. They weren't perfect, but I could tell like, okay, there's something different about these people. I had no idea about about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I had no idea about any of that, but I knew as a lost person there was something different about these people. And so I went to that church because that church was the only church who loved me in the middle of my mess. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to live for Jesus, I'm going to do it there. So I started attending Abundant Life uh, in 2014. And I started going to the youth group on Wednesday nights. Um, and, you know, just just living for the Lord in high school, freshly saved was tough because it's not that I didn't love Jesus. I just didn't know how to live for him. Yeah. So I didn't know certain things that, that were wrong were wrong. And, you know, I got caught up in some stuff and again and and but the holy spirit wouldn't leave me alone because he's too good to leave you 
in an action or a lifestyle that's inferior to God's design. That's good. And and one day I was at an altar, and uh, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I was, I had I had been saved, but I was I was sleeping around with with, with some girls still, mm-hmm. and and uh, I got convicted, and I came to an altar. Literally, service wasn't even going on. It was like three o'clock, and and there was still like two or three people on the altar. It's back when we had three services at Dub Walker. And I came into the third service really late, like service was over. But I got in the altar. The Spirit of the Lord convicted me, set me free. And then that Tuesday night, I went to my first prayer meeting, and I had a vision of God calling me to preach the gospel. Wow. And I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know what the path was. I didn't know what the title was going to be. But I knew that I had received a mandate from God to tell people about the Jesus that saved me. And so I started actually like preaching on the streets and stuff like that. And then through some opportunities, uh, started preaching more in services, camps, revivals, conferences, took a mission trip uh, to Columbia, to Africa. And then in 2018, came on staff full time at Abundant Life Church as, as a youth pastor. Probably one of the best ones we've had thus far. That's just me, though, you know. Glory to God. Appreciate you, sis. I'm telling you. (laughs) So you said something um, that I kind of want to go ahead and tap into this about. Um, You said it started with a thought. Mm -hmm. You was in your um, Mm -hmm. living room. Mm -hmm. A thought. You started thinking on things, right? Yeah. And then you said that when you was at the altar, you had a vision. Mm -hmm. So it was a thought plus a vision. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about a thought because everything starts as a thought. I think think the best way to define a thought in in, in terms of of Christianity and, and, and... and spiritual reality is a thought is a is a is a vision of what reality could be. Yeah. And that's why it's important to control your thoughts. Yeah. Because your thoughts create your reality. The Bible says as a man thinks, so he is. That's good. And so a thought is a vision of what reality could be. You 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 think the thoughts of God and you'll live the reality of God. You think the thoughts of sin, you'll live the reality of sin. That's good. That's why James says that 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 sin starts as desire Mm -hmm. it starts as a thought in the inward man and manifests so i think a thought is a vision of what reality could be it's a vision of a possible reality that's good so thoughts are like your birth canal to what you become yep so let's hop into this what is identity identity is who you are to the core of your being who you are uh not what you wear yeah not what you do and, and I know we're going to get into that, but it's not the things you've been through. And that's a word for somebody. It's your identity is not what you have went through. It is who you are. It's, it, it's, not, it's not the tattoos on your skin. It's not the color of your skin, the color of your eyes, the color of your hair. Identity is at the core of you, who you are. That's good. That's good. So how do we, how do we, how do we know who we are? Well, that's a, that's a, that's a challenging. That's a challenging question because we have a, a culture that that attempts to define every aspect of everything, and 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 we live in a world where you can really change at any point in time exactly. what you say you are. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I mean, if, if you want to be a boy, you can be a boy, and the yeah. next day, if you want to be a girl, you can be a girl. And so how we define identity is this is really what the Lord says about us mm-hmm. um, because he's the author of truth. He's your creator. He's my creator. Exactly. It, even if you don't believe in him. He's still your creator. He, he's still your creator. <laughs> he's still real. Like I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm not, I'm not throwing rocks at you, but 
even if you don't believe that God is who he says he is, he still is. Yeah. And so your identity is really wrapped in what God says about you. Yeah. Now, God says some great things about you, but God also, God also says some things like, hey, your lifestyle of sin needs to be dealt with, and I've provided a way for it through my son to be dealt with. But your identity is what is what God says about you, because at the end of the day, that's who you're going to stand before. Yeah, <laughs> that's who you're accountable to. Yeah, and so your identity is what God says about you. So let's hit this right quick. So we can baptize our identity. Mm-hmm. We can baptize yeah. and get it right, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that. How do we baptize our identity? Because it's not literally dunking in a pool. I mean, it, right. it is, but it's not. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you, it's, it's, it's a beautiful picture, what you said, baptizing our identity. Mm-hmm. It's bathing who you are and who you believe you are in the words of your creator. That's good. You know, I mean, for instance, I, I, I know that when I got saved, I didn't know how to live for Jesus. And I lived with a mindset that it was acceptable to go out and get drunk. It was acceptable to go out and have premarital sex. It was acceptable to be addicted to pornography. It was This is just who... I was, but the more that I ha- the more that I encountered Jesus, the more that I tasted and saw His love, the more I was like, okay, God, anything that's inferior to this, I don't want it. That's good. It wasn't just the revelation that sin was bad; it was the revelation that God was good. His plans for me are good. His thoughts towards me are good. His commands for my life are good. Not only good, they're the best. Yeah. I'm not going to find a better way than what God says for my life. And so that through that that baptism of identity, I realized, no, I know that I'm 16 years old. I know that everyone else around me is addicted to pornography and lust and, 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 and immorality. I know that my high school doesn't live for Jesus. I know that even people in my youth group live a compromised lifestyle. But that's not who I am. And that's yeah. not what I have to succumb to. I am who he says I am. Yeah. And if I want to live a life wholly devoted to him, he's made a way for me to do that. And I don't have to accept anything else. So baptizing your identity to me is bathing your thoughts, your actions, and listen to this. This is important. Your speech in what God says about you and who you are. Let's hit on this real quick because I like what you said there. Um, how do we – Because literally our our atmosphere the people in our environment kind of reflects on our identity you yeah. know you hear out whoever you hang around that's that's, that's who you're going to become how do we clear that out because a lot of people be afraid to clear it out like yeah. i don't want you out in my environment cuz you're fun but i don't need you in my environment and i don't want to hurt your feelings yeah, for sure how do we get away from that pressure of not being afraid or having the phobia of taking uh-huh. people out of our environment yeah yeah well number 1 show me your friends i'll show you your future that's good if you're the smartest most in most uh, uh, advanced person in your circle, you need a new circle. Yeah. If you are the one that is ahead in everyone uh, around everyone you hang out with, you need a new circle. You need to be around people. Number one, that are inspiring you, that are lifting you higher. I know, Pastor Bill said it like this. My youth pastor said it like this. He said it was it was four men lowering the paralytic down to Jesus. That's good. Not four paralytics trying yeah. to get one man to Jesus. Yeah. And so could you imagine if it was one healed man and four paralytics that needed to get there? <laughs> they would have stayed where they were. Yeah. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. But what I want to say about the the uh, ability to overcome being afraid of getting people out of your life that don't belong there, two things. Number one, the enemy always sends poison in an attractive package. Mm-hmm. Deception and destruction 
never come to you and say, hey, I'm the devil, I'm deception, I'm <laughs> destruction, I'm about to ruin your life. No, he comes in a form that's attractive. That's why Eve was convinced to eat an apple that was going to curse her to death. Mm-hmm. The enemy through trickery, through deception, caused what was toxic to look attractive so he could bring about destruction in her life. I understand that that your worldly and I say that in a in a in a Christian uh, you know <laughs> connotation. I understand that your friends that are bringing you down, the ones who are encouraging you to take a path less than God's intended destiny for your life. I understand it might be fun to hang out with them on Friday nights, but I need you to understand. And I feel like I'm talking to somebody right now. I need you to understand that the enemy has assignments for your life, and yeah. they're always attractive. Yeah. The assignment of hell on your life will be attractive to your flesh. I know you have fun with them drinking on Friday night. I know you have fun with them smoking weed on Friday night. I know you have fun acting like you're a gangbanger on the weekend and in the neighborhood with your friends. But you're going to reap the harvest of it in 15 years, and it's not going to be fun. Most definitely. If you're sitting in a prison cell because you were in the wrong car when the cops pulled you over, it instantly stops being fun. Yeah. And, you know, I heard Pastor Ron Carpenter Jr. say this, and it changed my life. He was talking about his son, and he said, you know, because his son had went through some battles with addiction, he said he was talking about the yoke that the enemy puts around you, and he quoted the verse that the the anointing is what breaks the yoke. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how they yoked oxen. Mm. He said, you don't yoke an oxen when it's an adult. Yeah. Because the oxen's powerful enough to break out of the yoke when it's an adult. Yeah. You yoke the oxen when they're young so that they grow up used to the yoke around their neck. That's good. So even though they have the power to break out of it as Mm -hmm. an adult, their mind has been so conditioned that this is what's supposed to be their reality that they never question it and never try to break it. That's good. And so what the enemy does is he brings people, he brings things into our lives that look attractive, that look like fun, but they're destructive. So understand... If people around you are pushing you to anything less than God's best, they're an, they're either an assignment from hell or just flat out a bad friend that you don't need to hang around. Most definitely. So just kick them out because I promise you, and, and I'm going to say this one more thing, I never take advice from people that I don't want to see their fruit in my life. Mm. And I'm just going to be... I'm gonna be real. I don't. I don't listen to a bald person tell me how to grow hair. <laughs> Legit. Well, I'm gonna do that for. <laughs> they got. I that. don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> listen to a broke person tell me how to get money. Mm-hmm. I listen to a rich person tell me how to get money. Exactly. I listen to somebody who has has done in life what I want to do in life. Yeah. Tell me how to accomplish that. Yeah. So these people who are, and I find that in in church all the time. You know, people say, "Well, my uncle says this about tithing." Well, your uncle's broke. Exactly. And he's sitting over there. He ain't even saved. He's broke. He's telling you not to give all your money to the church. Why do you want to listen to him? <laughs> Why do you want to listen to the person who's never seen one soul saved for Jesus tell you that it doesn't take all that hooping and hollering and going to church to be a Christian? They've never seen one person healed. Exactly. They've never seen one person set free. I don't want their advice. Yeah. So I think it's more of a, we put so much of a, uh, we we as Christians sometimes can be bad of putting so much a, of a of a of a light of condemnation around things, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying oh these people who aren't quote unquote you know I say quote unquote these people who aren't Christians these people who aren't living for Jesus you shouldn't be their friend. It's not just that. It's surround yourself with people who have good fruit in their life. That's good. You That's know, good. Not That's just good. hey, 
you're going to hell if you hang out with people who aren't Christians. That's not true. No. But 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 why am I going to constantly be around people who are bringing me down, not bringing me up? Exactly. Because you're going to put some bad fruit in my life. Bad fruit. <laughs> Let's break down 2 Corinthians 5, 17 real quick. Um, I know it. You want to put That ain't getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't getting edited out right now. Nah. Uh, it's behold, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The yeah. old has passed away, the new has come. Yeah. Break it if down any man it. is in Christ, yeah, he's a new creation. Behold, the old has passed so away. So what is it? I put the behold in the wrong place at first, y'all. So I correct myself. <laughs> what is a new creation, basically? Um, this is so good. A lot of people get conflicted. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, what is a new creation? It's so good. I want to say this: Jesus did not come to this earth to die to start a religion called Christianity. Thank you. Never in one moment in the Bible does God ever call us Christians. Mm -hmm. People saw us at Antioch in the book of Acts looking so much like Jesus that they said those are little Christs. Shout out to everybody who thinks that uh, little gods is an offensive term (laughs) because... The, the reason that we are named Christians is because we the, the, the Christians at Antioch look so much like Jesus. They said those are little reproductions of who we saw Jesus as. That's good. And so I say that to say he did not come to the earth to start a religion called Christianity. He came to the earth to restore relationships to wayward sons and daughters. Abba sent Jesus to correctly express his image. Hebrew says he is the express image of God. He came... He sent Jesus to be the express image of the Father to draw sons and daughters back to himself. And through his sacrifice, we are born again, born of God, regened, recoded, adopted, drawn into the bloodline, into the family of God. No longer are we identified by sin, failure, trauma, harm. We're not identified by addiction. We're not identified by divorce. We're not identified by shortcomings. We are identified by the adoption that we have been brought into the family of God. We no longer have the nature of a sinner which is someone, all a sinner is, is someone who does not obey the commands of God. And the command of God really is to come to him and live. Mm. That's why sin is death, because you're, you're, you're in a cycle and, and, a, and a, um, a, a, you're in a system of death through sin and disobedience to God when God's provided a way of life, not rules and regulations, but a way of life, mm-hmm. a relationship with Jesus. And so a new creation is someone who was dead in the system of death, dead to their true identity, dead as Adam died. Adam didn't stop breathing and his heart didn't stop beating when he sinned, but he died. He lost right identity. And through Jesus, 2 Corinthians 15 calls him the second Adam. Mm -hmm. He restored what the first Adam lost. That was sonship, identity, dominion, and authority in the earth. Back in the beginning, we were made in the image of God. We were not made, Jayla, to live in anything other than the image of a son, a daughter, a child of God. Most definitely. And most people who struggle with sin, like longstanding sin in their life, have never been properly identified. And I, I mean, most people, I know I'm just going to be real, most people who struggle with homosexuality say, I was born this way, I am this way, this is what I am. Well, that might be what you feel you are, but you've never been properly identified by a father in heaven because statistics show most people who 
uh, struggle with homosexuality were molested as a child and they were wronged by a father and wrong identity was placed on them. That's good. But the father in heaven knows how to speak right identity and place what was always supposed to be in your life on you. That's sonship, that's identity, that's purpose and authority. That's good. That's good. So um, <laughs> let's hop into this real quick now. Okay. You said something about cycles. I know it really, it, it does have something to do with identity, just a little bit. But how do we break those cycles? Because a lot of people don't know how to get out of those yep. cycles. How do yep. you break them? I know you have, you repent, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of people get stuck mm. and they feel like, oh, well, I, I repented. I asked God in my life, how do I get out of that cycle? Help them with that real quick. <clears throat> I told I told our students this last night. We're filming this on a Thursday and, and I, I preached uh Wednesday night, I also spoke two times Sunday morning, so if my voice is a little shot, that's why. Yeah. Um, but I told our students last night, literally, we were at the altar. And uh, before I gave the time to respond to the altar call, I said, friend, in this place, if you say, Pastor, I've tried, I've repented, I've said the prayer, I've made the walk, I've filled out the card, I've went to the Connect class, but it just can't seem to work. I want to challenge you by asking if you have really tried following Jesus or you followed rules and regulations. That's good. Because a lot of people think I'm going to be a Christian, so I'm going to quit doing this. I'm going to quit doing that. I'm going to clean my life up here. That is not what Christianity is. That's not the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is the restoration of relationship between father and children, creator and creation. And so when you come and you expect your your repentance that's, and I want to be careful because I believe heavily in repentance. You have to repent to be saved. Repent means to turn. Really, in the Greek, it's metanoia, which is mind change. It's changing how you think about God. That's good. It's changing what you what you perceive God as. And when Jesus said, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he was saying, sons and daughters, change your mind about what this sin-filled, death-filled world has told you about who God is. Come to me and through me and through my sacrifice, live again in the restored identity that you were always supposed to live in. So I told him this, you might have, re- you might have walked an altar, you might have said a prayer, you might have done the right things, but I want you to really ask yourself if you ever encounter Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, like really encounter the real person of Jesus, and you've tasted and seen that he is good, you you won't be perfect, but I promise you, you will be in pursuit for the rest of your life. Because when I, I'm telling you, Jayla, when I was 16 years old and I got saved, there was no preacher, there was no lights, there was no microphone, there was no altar call. It was a God in heaven who loved me, stepping in the middle of my dysfunction, stepping in the middle of my addiction, in the middle of my rebellion, and speaking a word of identity. The first word he ever spoke over me was son. He said, son, if you don't repent tonight. And I'm thankful that he didn't start with if you don't repent tonight. He started with son. Because the only thing God will ever see you as is child. Even if you don't live for him, he sees you as child. Now that does not mean that you are right in the eyes of God. Be clear. That doesn't mean that, that everyone's saved. But what it does mean is God is longing. What's the Bible say? It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to this place of repentance and mind change, metanoia, transformative thinking about God. And so how you break those cycles is really tasting, tasting and seeing who Jesus is, and it'll allow you 
to say, God, anything that is inferior to this, I don't want it. If this cycle of me getting married every six months and going through a divorce <laughs> is inferior to my design, I don't want it. That's good. If this cycle of living for Jesus for three months, drinking for six months, getting offended at every church I go to is inferior to my design and my call and my purpose as a son or daughter, I don't want it. And I know it's like, well, you can't just say, look at Jesus. That's a cop out. Now, I'm telling you, in every area of my life that I've needed something broken, when I looked at Jesus, it was broken. Yeah. Because when the Father speaks, when God speaks in a moment of identity where he places, like he did on the prodigal son, he places a robe, a ring, and sandals on our feet, it causes everything inferior to our design in his image to fall off. That's good. That's good. So let me um talk to you about this then. Um, 2020. We're really kind of been going on for a little bit, but it became louder in 2020. Um, the enemy has been attacking identity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Identity. It has been. It started off real small, but then it got bigger because we didn't really know what identity was. Like, we just thought, oh, well, we say, you know, our identity is right. in Jesus. But right. there is a, another identity that God has uh-huh. for you that you are who he called you to be or whatever. Um, but it got bigger in the oh, world. Yeah. So how, why is the enemy's number one tactic to come after our identity and how do we gain it back? How do we get our access back into our identity? The enemy will always misidentify you to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. And this is what we saw in the church in 2020 is people were aligned to everything that was not the kingdom. And it caused division and manipulation. That's why you can have one church who says they believe in Jesus and another church who says they believe in Jesus really not even be able to have a conversation with each other. Yeah. Because we were uh, aligned with uh, Democrat, Republican. Mm-hmm. We were aligned with whatever, all that all that junk. When, when if we would have had our identity rooted in the kingdom, we would have been able to come together regardless of skin color, regardless of political leanings, regardless of whether you live in the country or the city or whatever, and said, okay, what does the kingdom say? Let's have truth. Let's have grace. Let's have respect. Let's speak for the oppressed. Let's let's stand for righteousness. What does the kingdom, not what does my party, mm-hmm. not what does my society, not what does my culture, not what does my Facebook feed, because my goodness... <laughs> They're tailor-made to how you believe. Yeah. Everybody's Facebook feed gives them what they want to see. We were talking about before we came on how social media keeps you addicted to looking at the next thing. Facebook's not committed to feeding you truth. They're committed to feeding you what keeps you on their app. Exactly. So just because you see it on Facebook doesn't mean it's news and doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If we would have had a right understanding of identity, we would have been able to, even though we would have had to have hard conversations, and, and challenge some of our thinking all across the board. We as the church, I can't speak for the world, would have been able to come together as sons and daughters instead of it causing a deeper divide. Now, don't get me wrong, some of the divide in churches were because people did choose to follow other things. Mm-hmm. They, choo- they they followed you know, politics, they followed fear, they followed um, pressure from, from various sources. But <laughs> if the true church could have said, no, hold on a second. No matter how I vote, okay, I'm, I'm voting how I vote because of who I am. Who I am is not how I vote. We're sons and daughters of God. Let's come together. Um, that would have that would have drastically changed, you know, I think some things that, that we saw. But 
main thing is what I said. The enemy misidentifies us to manipulate us. Yeah. Okay. If the enemy can say, Luke, you are a Republican, you are a white man, you are a this and you are a that, you're an evangelical, and then you have your brother who is not the same color as you, not the same political leaning as you, not the same uh, background as you, you're different. You should be against each other. When yeah. it's like, no, hold on a second. We are more alike because we're sons of God. Mm-hmm. We're children of God. That means we have a connection and a unity and an identity that no one else has. And so he misidentifies us and gets us to have our identity wrapped in all the wrong things so that he can manipulate us. That's good. He can get the church he can get churches arguing about nonsense. Yeah. He can get the kingdom arguing about nonsense. Now I'm not saying that everything's nonsense, but we saw a lot of nonsense lot in two thousand and twenty. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we saw a lot of nonsense and, and so uh it was a it was a tactic of the enemy to to misidentify us and get us wrapped up in in wrong thinking and wrong affiliation and allegiance. Yeah. Uh, so that we would be manipulated by his schemes. That's good. That's good. Now let's talk about how do we change how we talk to ourselves? Um, because a lot of people are, oh, well, I, my love language is affirmation, but they yeah. take it a little too far because sometimes <laughs> we let other people affirm us who shouldn't even be affirming us. So how do we learn to affirm ourselves? How do we change how we talk to ourselves? Know that no know that no matter what any man thinks of you, it will never change how God thinks of you. That's good. I told I told our students this Sunday morning. Um, I had a girl shout out. I'll, I'll say her name, Audrey. Shout out, Audrey. Um, I looked at her and we were in a small group. I said, Audrey, you were saved under you know our youth ministry. You were really really touched under our youth ministry. Me and me and my wife are very close to you and your sister. I said, Audrey, but if I looked at you. And told you that I thought you were nothing, that I thought you would never do anything for God, that I thought that you were the worst person in the history of the world. It would not change one bit how God thought about you. That's good. My words cannot affect God's words towards sons and daughters. Mm-hmm. And so we have to understand that, that that living and dying on the affirmation of man will cause us to miss who we really are. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if David would have worn Saul's armor? Mm. They said, this is what you need. They so affirmed him that they were like, okay, we'll, we'll give this to you. Yeah. Here you go. We believe in you. Just yeah. put this on and you'll be fine. Dave's like, it doesn't fit. Yeah. I can't go to battle in this. I wasn't called to wear this. And so no matter what man says about you, it won't change how God thinks about you. It won't change what God s- says about you. And living for the affirmation of man will cause you to not be who God has created you to be. There is, and I, I feel this for somebody right now, there is destiny in your different. That's good. When, when, when you allow yourself to become a duplicate and a clone, you miss what God has called you to do. Yeah. You can learn from my God and absorb. We need fathers who reproduce spiritual children. But let me tell you this, my natural dad, I don't, I don't dress like my natural dad. I don't speak like my natural dad, but he is my father and his, his, his DNA is in me and a lot is, is shaped through him. And just the same, man, your spiritual father can pour into you and he can wear a three piece suit and you can wear ripped jeans and he can still pour into you, but you don't have to have to wear a three piece suit to have the oil. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times, we, we forget that that our destinies in our different, that God's created us how he wants us. Revelation 4.11, by his will and for his pleasure we exist. That means God made what he likes. Yeah. 
He likes how he made you. So don't don't allow yourself to sacrifice your uniqueness on the altar of man's affirmation. So you change how you think about yourself by saying, okay, God, you created me. Now, what in me is inferior to my design? Mm. Because people are always like, well, you can't just say that God loves everyone and because people are in sin. Listen to me. God, what's inferior to my design? Yeah. Is offense inferior to my design because it's going to cause me to be bitter and focused on everybody else instead of doing what he's called me to do, then get it out. Mm -hmm. God, if alcohol is inferior to my design because it's going to cause me to waste my money and be addicted and destroy my family, get it out of me. You have to understand that you're loved, created by God, made for a relationship, made for beloved identity, and, and, and cause yourself to look at it not from, okay, God, where have I wronged you? What are you so upset with me about? What, you know, no, no, no. God, what in me is inferior to my design? And whatever it is, I want it out because I want to be what I was made to be, and that's a son and daughter of God. That's so good. you change how you think about yourself by really understanding you were made in the image of God for relationship with God. That's good. You were created to be created on that. Yeah. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That was good. <laughs> so identity starts usually when you're a child, right? Your identity starts mm-hmm. to be attacked because you go in into the world. Um, even with me, my identity was attacked when I was a little girl. Mm. So my mom had to learn how to cultivate me by herself. Yeah. Cause yeah. she, I was in a single parent household. Yeah. So how help let's help parents out. Because you are a youth pastor, so I you am. do your work on Wednesday and throughout the week as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah. most of your work is done on Wednesday when you are cultivating their children mm-hmm. and inspire them and helping them out. But it's a parent's job to do a part too. Oh, yeah. So how can parents help cultivate their child's identity? Because it's a process. It is. It can't just be on you. Yeah. Oh no, it can't. <laughs> that's a that's a great question, and that's one that I'm asked a lot, and I always put this disclaimer out. I'm, I'm going to give you some things that I think will help you, but I want to say this. I am not a parent. No. And so that's the first thing I was, well, you have no idea. I don't. You're right. I don't know <laughs> what it's like when that little knucklehead has done, made you mad and pushed your buttons and done everything. And, you know, I don't know what it's like. I'm not a parent. Mm-hmm. I get that. But I'm going to share with you what I have observed from three and a half years of full-time ministry and seven years of part-time youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Um This is the main thing I would say. Allow them to be themselves within kingdom boundaries. That's good. Don't allow them to go and and drink with people and and you know, all that. But allow them to be different than even what you think they might should look like. If 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 you think your daughter should have brunette hair but she dyes it purple. That's, you know, don't don't die on the hill of purple hair. Now, if you sense and discern that something's going on in the spirit, that's one thing. But, like, if she wears, like, different clothes than you think she should wear, that uh, they're, I mean, as long as they're appropriate, yeah. like, not, like, revealing. Yeah. Allow them to be themselves, you know. So you saying let them get them bundles. Oh, Lord, yeah, let them get the bundles. Hey, Grace, there you go. Gracie going to like that. Yeah, let them get the bundles, Luke. Grace, Grace is going to play that over and over <laughs> when I'm like, baby, we need don't even do that. She's like, nah, Luke, what you said, you said it to the world, so say it at home. <laughs> Jayla getting me in trouble. Yeah, let them be themselves. Let them get the bundles, man. Yeah. I, I'll share my opinion, you know, and this is my opinion. If you feel comfortable with it, man, let your son wear earrings. Yeah. It ain't the end of the world. You know, um, I had them. 
let them wear them, man. Like don't don't sit there and 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 break loose on 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 your kids for stuff that in the end doesn't really matter. Like okay, if he goes and tries to get a face tattoo, yes, beat the brakes yeah. off of him. Okay, like no, because that's gonna ruin his life. Yeah. But, like, if he comes home with an earring, like, unless he just absolutely disobeyed you, you know what I'm saying? All I'm saying is give grace for them to be themselves because when you when you do that and, 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 and you sit them down later and say, all right, now, I really don't think you need to be hanging out with this person. Yeah. Your, your words carry weight then. Yeah. Because, like, well, my, my dad, my mom's not going to say anything to me unless they were genuinely concerned with me. Yeah. So let them be themselves to a certain degree, and pump kingdom identity. That's good. Please, 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 please hear me. I know I'm not a parent, but if I could tell parents from an uninformed, uneducated perspective, just what I've observed, the the kids who thrive are the kids whose parents pump kingdom identity into them. And what that means is this. You never define them by their failures. Don't hold failures over their head. Yes, you have to punish. Yes, you have to discipline, spare the rod, spoil the child. He that a father corrects the son in whom he loves. But don't hold failures over their head. Because my goodness, mom, dad, aren't you glad God doesn't do that with us? (laughs) Aren't you glad God doesn't define us by our failures and hold failures over our heads? So I understand that they failed a class or that they might have snuck out. Punish and discipline, but don't define them by it. Love them through it. And when you correct, in my humble, uninformed, unparental opinion, (laughs) when you correct them, correct them because, correct them like God corrects you. This is inferior to your design. Yeah. And, and they'll, they'll, they'll feel that love. Watch this. Even if they act like they don't, they might act like they're mad, but they know you love them and they know you care about them. Make the main thing the main thing and don't blow up over the minor things. That's good. That's good. So right now we're living in a big mental health awareness society. Um, We're all, oh, mental health awareness. Now everybody's starting to say, oh, well, I did deal with this. And it's like, you ain't dealt with that. But I ain't going to happen to that. that. (laughs) I was about to say that. A lot of they ain't really. I was like, where are we finna go on this podcast right here, boy? But uh, would you say mental health issues? It's for clout. That's what it is. It's for clout. Some some of them, not everybody, but a lot of it's for clout, I think. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I cut you off. (laughs) Would you say certain mental health issues, such as depression, anxiety, and all those things come from identity issues? Um, So how do we overcome? Because honestly, I don't, I know we're so awareness, but I feel like depression and anxiety those are spirits. No doubt. Like, they no has doubt. to be casted out. I'm now sorry. I'm gonna speak on, now I'm going to speak on something I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm speaking to parents, and I'm not a parent, but I'm going to speak on something I know. So, yeah. um, let me say this. If you struggle with depression and anxiety, we, we, we might seem to major on these things, and this is a touchy area, but I want to free you of this. Your anxiety is is no worse than someone else's anger. You're not less than because you struggle with fear and somebody else struggles with fornication. People think like, oh, uh, that that's a man of that's a man of faith, and and he he he's he's bold. But but we all have our own struggles. Like just because you struggle with um, trauma 
and 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 not you know lust they're they're both wrong so i say that to say there's no judgment there's no condemnation but it is inferior to your design you're not made to live in depression and anxiety well pastor luke that's so ignorant it's a chemical imbalance that's (laughs) fine are you going to live with a physical sickness for the rest of your life exactly i'm not going to sit there and even if i if the doctors told me i had a tumor on my brain i would declare over my life every day that i'm healed and that I'm whole and I would walk in that identity. That's good. I'm not going to sit here, even if it is a chemical imbalance, which most of the time, um, the, the prescription for that is, Hey, let's prescribe you this pill for depression, Mm -hmm. but that's going to keep you up at night. Yeah. So let's give you this pill to sleep, but that pill that, that causes you to sleep is going to make you have headaches. Mm-hmm. So let's give you a pill for headaches, but the pill for headaches is going to make you drowsy. So let's give you a non And now you're taking 18 pills to get out of bed in the morning, and you still really aren't cured. You're just doped up, and you're, you're, you're not you're able to zombie. think. You know, and so we live in an over-medicated society. But anyway, I will say this. They are identity issues because most of the time it comes from a lack of affirmation from the father. Mm-hmm. It comes from a lack of, um, I hate, I don't hate, that was the wrong word. I, I want to be careful because I, I don't want to say lack of faith because I don't want to be like, well, you don't believe hard enough. That's why you're not healed. But it is a lack of receiving what God has said about mm-hmm. you. A lot of times our biggest struggle is saying, okay, God, I believe what you say about me more than I believe what I say about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had countless people, Jayla, say, Pastor Luke, I know God's forgiven me. How do I forgive myself? Well, if the creator of heaven and earth forgave you, <laughs> who are you exactly. to hold yourself saying, no, 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 you you can forgive me, God, but I can't. And so it's receiving what God says about you. In 2018, um, quick, quick back, so in 2018, we had a student in our youth ministry uh, take her own life tragically. I don't think she meant to do it, I, I, but but I'm not going to speak too much on that. But she took her own life, and uh, not going to name names, not going to say anything. Um, but she's a very popular student at Jackson, and we went. I, I was in the hospital the night that she passed away. You know, three months into ministry, I was hit with this, and uh, literally. We were in the midst of doing our outreach trail to hell, and I wrote the suicide scene. I mean, it was just a crazy time. And so we, uh, I preached her funeral, and uh, first funeral I ever preached. And uh, I sat there, and I was praying, and what rose up in me was this statement, God, not one more. That's good. And, and I began to combat Every week for the last three and a half years, I've mentioned depression and anxiety. And every week for the last three and a half years, we have seen sons and daughters come forward and be healed. We've seen people who cut their arms be instantaneously healed, scars be gone. Um, I'm saying that to say, since that time, not one person, not one young person in three and a half years in Butts County has taken their life. That's great. We stood there the, the, the week after this young lady took her life, and we cried out to God and said, God, we decree and declare we take dominion in the earth that not one more son, not one more daughter will take their life in suicide. And I have told every week, depression and anxiety is a spirit. You don't have to live with it. You can be delivered from it. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, of power, love, and sound mind. God is too good. Let me 
Oh, I feel, I feel, I feel that, I feel that thing coming up <laughs> in me. Let me talk to the religious, backslidden Christian pastors who are glorifying depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. saying, "Oh, you can't say that. That's so insensitive." You know what's insensitive? You know what's really the atrocity is churches and pastors and backslidden ministers pacifying demons in their people. That's good. I don't. I would rather offend you and see you set free than pacify you and keep you bound. Yeah. You don't have to deal with depression and anxiety. You don't have to deal with suicidal thoughts. You don't have to deal with fear. You don't have to deal with that. If you do, it's okay. There's no judgment. Man, we all deal with stuff, but be free. Don't live bound in it. Come to Jesus, receive his love, receive his freedom. He came to set the captive free. That enemy who wants you to kill yourself and live in depression is afraid of the oil on your life. He knows what the anointing looks like, and he has sent hell's very best, very best hitmen to take your life out. But if you come to God, he will properly identify you, and he will set you in the correct identity that you were designed for. And can I say one more thing on that? I know I went a little long. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to make some more people mad. Um, please don't think that you can you can saturate your mind in things that glorify depression and not struggle with depression. That's good. Like, don't think you can sit there and, and, and watch videos and listen to songs that glorify depression. Music is the only thing that we find in the earth that was not created in the earth. Music was created in heaven Mm -hmm. for worship. Mm -hmm. So whenever you listen to music, know that you are worshiping. It's just a matter of what you're worshiping. Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven. Ezekiel and Isaiah uh, allude to the fact that Satan's body was made of instruments. Can I tell you, friend, there's a reason you can watch a, a, a secular TV show and not really be too tripped up by it. But you can listen to one secular song and it puts your mind in an altered state all day. Mm. There's a there there is people that that Satan knows how to give a a satanic anointing to people yeah. in worship. That's what he did. So please don't think that you're not going to be depressed if you're listening to everything that glorifies depression, watching everything that glorifies depression. Even please hear me if they call themselves Christians. Yeah. Even if they call themselves Christians, but they glorify depression, do not let them plant their seeds in your garden if you don't want their harvest. That's good. So you're basically saying that people got to clear their atmosphere out. Mm-hmm. You can break a lot of stuff if you clear your atmosphere, basically. Got to. You have to. You, 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 I mean, and you have to fill it with the right thing. Yeah. If you're, if you're swept clean but left empty, seven worse spirits are coming back. That's Jesus. That's good. That's the scripture. Yeah, that's the Bible. That's that, the word. That's the word. Luke preaching the <laughs> that's word. That's the word, I'm telling you. <laughs> so the so God basically leaves us a, a blueprint. Mm-hmm. He leaves us a blueprint. How do we use that blueprint for freedom? So the Because the, the, a lot of people don't know how to read the blueprint. They don't. Number one, I will say this, that in your design, you were not designed to live alone. Mm-hmm. You are not designed to live without relationship with God, and you are not designed to live without relationship to people. Thank God. You need to get in a church that loves God, that loves the Word, where the Spirit of God moves, not just that they are a church, but that God is is actively moving in that church where people can love you and disciple you um, and, and, and lead you on the path to freedom because I'm not saying that I, I was saved with no preacher, but I wouldn't have made it with no preacher. Yeah. I was saved with no with no accountability, yeah. but I wouldn't have made it with no accountability. Yeah. 
I wouldn't have known things were wrong. Listen, guys, I would not have known drinking alcohol and getting drunk was wrong had it not been for a pastor. I would have not made it. So I'm saying that to say you need to get around people who have walked in this way. Mm-hmm. This is a design of God for you to be plugged into the family of God That's good. who will treat you like a family, which means when you mess up, they don't judge. Mm-hmm. They always accept you, mm-hmm. and they always want relationship with you. They don't degrade you. They don't speak down to you. They don't look at you as less than. They see the potential in you, and they know how to develop you. So get a part of a Holy Spirit-filled, discipleship-oriented church. If you're looking for one, 751 Dean Patrick Road, Locust Grove, Georgia, Abundant Life Church, Sundays at 11 (laughs) a.m., Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We would love to see you out. 10 Awakening, October 13th, Mm -hmm. or 3rd through the 10th, excuse me. (laughs) It's Um, a good family to have. Pastor, don't fire me. It is a good, (laughs) I got the dates of 10 Awakening wrong, don't fire me. Um, but follow the, follow the blueprint by, by getting into a church and then follow the blueprint by living every day in relationship with Jesus. And I say that to say, man, I know I used to say, if you want the fire of God in your life, read your Bible every day. Now, we are to read our word every day. That's our bread. Yeah. Man shall not live by bread alone. But I know people who know the Bible, but they're dead. Exactly. I do too. I know people who know <laughs> Hebrew and Greek, and I don't. Yeah. And they're dead, and I'm not. Exactly. And it's like, why is that? Because well, you don't see no fruit in their life. You don't like... see any fruit. No fruit, they're dead. And it's like, well, brother, you know, we weren't made to follow a word. Yeah. We we follow a man. The word is weighty and worthy because of whose word it is. Mm-hmm. It's God's word. That's why we hold it in high honor. It's what he spoke to us. Yeah. A lot of people are, a lot of people, oh, help me. Help me, God. A lot of people treat the Bible as an idol. Yeah. The, the Bible is not meant to be worshipped. No. The Bible is to lead us into worship. That's good. The Word of God leads us into worship, worshiping the God of the Word. That's good. So look in the face of Jesus revealed in the Scriptures. Look into the eyes that burn with fire. Know that you are loved and allow Him to speak right destiny and right identity. And I'm telling you, I've experienced it. I, I, I'll share this testimony. I went to the altar three times when... Uh, in the first eight months I was saved, I went to the altar three times to get delivered from addiction to pornography. I had a, I mean, I had, I was so addicted to pornography that that I would go in the church, cry my eyes out, worship, feel the spirit of God fall out, and come out and load pornography before I left the parking lot. Three times I went, I had every everybody lay hands on me. Uh, my lead pastor had everybody lay hands on me, and it left for a moment. But I always invited it back in. I'm not going to say that God didn't move. It left. But I always invited it back in. But I was in a young adult service on a Sunday night. And the young adult pastor said this. He said, if you just want more of Jesus in this place, raise your hand. And I raised my hand. And I wanted more of Jesus in that moment than I had ever wanted anything else. And when I, I had an encounter that was just in the presence of God that I can't even describe. And when I got up, nobody laid hands on me. When I got up. I wasn't addicted to pornography anymore. That's good. Because I had encountered something better. I had encountered the place I was always designed to be. And I realized that this is inferior to my design. Mm. It's keeping me from my identity and from my purpose. So I don't want it. So the blueprint is be in relationship with Jesus, be in relationship with people, and follow 
follow relationship, true intimacy with God. That's good. That's that's good. Let's hit on to purpose real quick. How does purpose and identity coexist? That's a very good question because we are not what we do. Yeah. We've been really, like, I've been guilty of, and I think uh, uh, the church culture in America has been guilty of, like, raising up great preachers and prophets and evangelists, but Mm -hmm. not great sons and daughters. That's good. And you need to know that your purpose, well, your identity and your purpose are the same. I mean, in, in the fact that you are a child of God and your purpose is to be in relationship with the Father. Mm-hmm. And through that relationship, he's able to use you. Through that relationship, he's able to have the the, the moment that Jesus has, has with Peter. Do you love me? Yeah. Feed my sheep. That's good. Relationship mandate. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, a lot of times, man, we, we, what's scary is, I mean, if you really want to break it down, Jesus said, many in that day will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not mm. prophesied in your name, worked wonders in your name, cast out demons in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I, I never knew you. I never had communion and relationship wow. with you. The scary thing, Jayla, is, is those people that say that to Jesus aren't lying. Yeah. They're like standing before judgment saying, oh, please, 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 I'm good. <laughs> Remember, I'm good. Yeah. He's like, no, I didn't have relationship with you. I mean, Prophet Brian Corn said it like this. God's the only boss that'll fire you and let you keep working. <laughs> That's true. And that's scary. I mean, that's scary he, he as did a it minister. He, yeah, he did. <laughs> Saul that's, was fired. Fi- I mean, just. Replaced. He <laughs> 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 got replaced. God didn't even cry when Moses died. Mm-mm. He said, all right. There you go, man. And they, they over there crying. They, they over there crying. He's like, no. He said, don't, don't, don't mourn him. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's scary to know that like you can work for God and not have a relationship with Him. Yeah. I mean, he he'll use a donkey, dude. Yeah, but it, it, it brings you back to that scripture when it says, "Know those who like labor among you." That's if right. you're laboring among Jesus, you know you. <laughs> You his vessel. That's true. You gotta, that's good. You gotta know him. That's good. But he gotta know you too, though. Got to, and you'll miss you'll 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 live in the trap of performance based religion. That's good. If I don't preach good enough, I'm not pleasing God. Yeah. Now, if you intentionally, you know, just don't deliver the word if you're a pastor, okay. <laughs> but like. So many people are in the trap of performance-based religion because, okay, I've got to do this. I'm called to this. I'm called to that. I'm like, okay, first you're called to be a son and a daughter. And through that life, you minister. Bishop Jake says it like this. I study to live and I preach out of my living. That's good. I don't study to preach and live out of my preaching. Mm -hmm. I study to live and preach out of my living. Mm -hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels, well, they call it the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven interchangeably. John, the beloved, calls it what? Life. Mm-hmm. He calls it life. Yeah. This is life, what I was designed for. And so that means I'm a son of God in literally for the ever, yeah. like in eternity. Yeah. I'm an etern- I, I have eternal life. Yeah. I'll be a youth, I might be a youth pastor today, and in 30 years, I might not be. Could be I a might, wrestler. I might be a wrestler. Never know. I might, hey, you know, I might be the <laughs> WWE champion. Yeah, yeah. I might be the AEW champion. I might be. <laughs> He's thinking for real if y'all can see it. Listen, I, it's turning in my mind, okay, right now. I'm about to just macho man Randy Savage. <laughs> I'm just playing. But um, I could I could be something different tomorrow than I am today. I could have a different assignment yeah. ministry-wise. But what that is 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 uh, I'm before the presence of God, and he says, okay, go here. Yeah. 
And so that's what causes you to not fall into that trap of performance-based Christianity. That's why some pastors who mess up, like, fall and stop serving Jesus is yeah. because their identity and everything was wrapped in their ministry. That's good. And that's what causes the back to the affirmation of man to be such a big deal. Yeah. But when you know that your main purpose is relationship with the Father, and through that relationship, He has plans for your life that are so good. Yeah. They're so wonderful. They're yeah. so big. It'll it'll cause you to say, okay, God, whatever. And when you step into the, okay, God, whatever you want place, mm-hmm. that's when you really start seeing things explode. That's good. That's when you say, okay, God, I'm, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Whatever you want today. That's when you start walking in daily healing. Yeah. Not just, okay, God, I'm going to, uh, today, God, you've called me to be a pastor. You've called me to be a preacher, so I'm going to preach today. No, God, you've called me to be a son, so I'm going to be in relationship today. And my relationship with you will will lead me to preach. That's good. So let's hit on that real quick. Um, calling, purpose, identity, the difference between the three. Mm-hmm. Okay, your your identity is, is child. Mm-hmm. Cannot be Cannot be anything other than than child Mm -hmm. the second you are identified by anything other than child you're 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 in you're going to get messed up you're gonna you're gonna lose relationship Mm -hmm. because you're gonna wrongly you're wrongly identify yourself yeah identity purpose purpose is is it it, it is it is to have relationship with the father Mm -hmm. identity is who you are the purpose is to have relationship now calling what he has called to you to do is what you are assigned to do while yeah. you're on this earth. That's good. You're not going to preach in heaven. No. What's the Bible say? First Corinthians uh, thirteen eight. The Baptists know it. Yeah. Where where there are tongues, they'll cease. Yeah. Where there is prophecy, it will it will vanish. Knowledge will vanish. Prophecy yeah. will fail. Is what yeah. it actually says. Yeah. Um. And so, but what remains? Love. That's what my. That's where I. I'm in a loving relationship with the Father for eternity. But calling is what what the Father has placed on us to do in this earth. Mm -hmm. Now, our our calling is the same. Yeah. It's to make him known. Yeah. Now, now we have different gifts and we have different talents Mm -hmm. that God graces us with to make him known. Yeah. But Jayla, the creative, the saxophone player, yeah. Jayla, Jayla, the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. and Luke, the preacher, have the same call. Yeah. And it's to make him known. Yeah. But we have different gifts and talents. Most definitely. If I get on that saxophone, I'm going to clear a church out. Yeah, you will clear it out. I'm going to clear it out. I'm going to Ain't nobody staying if I get on that saxophone. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And I can't even begin to try to set these microphones up. Yeah. But your gift and your talent is being used to provide a, an avenue to make him known. Most definitely. And so it's the same It's the same calling is to make him known. And this is why, friend, I told you that your destiny is in your different. Because that gifting and that talent is the Father creating that avenue for you to make him known in a realm where he is not known currently. Yeah. That's why sons and daughters have to adopt the mindset of the kingdom saying, okay, God, if I can draw, I'll draw for the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to put down my artistic ability just because I can't preach. Yeah. Or I'm not going to put down my ability to start a business just because I can't lead worship. Yeah. He has gifted and talented you with what he's gifted and talented you with to make known the Father, the Son, and the Spirit in the earth today. That's good. And so, but let me, let me, because I felt this a little bit. 
sometimes you don't know what that is. Yeah. Because me, I would sit here and say, when I was 16, before God called me to preach, I would never have thought I was going to preach. Yeah. But in a moment, in his presence, in right identity and right purpose, Mm -hmm. he was able to say, now go do this, and he places it on me. Yeah. What you have failed to realize is the talents and the gifts you possess were given by God, and if you don't know what they are, they have not been revealed yet. Yeah. The gifts and callings of God are what without repentance. Yeah. Um, That's why you can listen to uh, people... I mean, man, you can listen to comedians capture a room. They're probably missing a call to preach. Yeah. Um, you can listen to singers just, I mean, you get emotional and cry. Mm-hmm. They're probably lis- missing a call to lead worship. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> the gifts and callings of God are without repentance, and, and it comes from allowing yourself to be spoken over by the Father and being used and being content to be used in exactly what He wants you to be used in, not duplicating it, not trying to clone what you see in somebody else, Yes, absorbing from spiritual fathers and mothers, not teachers, gurus, and entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. spiritual mothers and fathers and and people who love you and care about you. Absorb and and, and allow them to impart things in you, but don't try to be a duplicate or be a clone. Be who he's called you to be and do what he's called specifically you to do. Most definitely. Now, I would squeeze every little bit of information out of you if I could, but I don't have the time to. So (laughs) I'm just going to, this is going to be the last question and you're going to be good to go. Um, And then I'm going to wrap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bless the Lord. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, how do we stay in purpose? Uh, Why do we stay in purpose? And how do we pray to God for us to stay in purpose? And not even just purpose, but in calling. Yeah. Yeah. Because in your calling, your purpose should be revealed through your calling and what God gave you to do. How do we do that? Every day, Mm -hmm. understand that. The fullness of relationship is provided to you. Yeah. Like I hate, I hate the mindset of seasons. And our, I'm so thankful our pastor's preaching on what he's preaching on. Yeah. Because I've said, you know, for some time, and I have not had anywhere near the revelation that our pastor's had on it, but I've said for some time, I hate people saying, well, I'm just in a dry season. <laughs> My Bible tells me. Yeah. That if I'm planted, yeah, everything I do will prosper. My yeah. leaf won't wither. Yeah. It'll bring forth fruit in where? Yeah. Every season. And so I say that to say the fullness of relationships available to you and, and every day walk in that purpose in relationship with the Father. And that does a few things. It makes the mundane not mundane, mm-hmm. but it makes the it makes the miraculous accessible. That's good. Meaning like, okay, well today if I wake up and I go to work, and I come home, and I eat dinner, and, you know, that's it. Like, okay, it's mundane, but you lived another day in relation with the Father, and you've completed your purpose. But it also makes it to where when you're doing those things, you can hear the whisper saying, lay hands on that person. Yeah. You can hear the whisper saying, quit your job and come do this. Yeah. You can hear the whisper saying, I'm about to provide another opportunity for you when you're living in relation. A lot of people get messed up because they want to elevate themselves, mm-hmm. and they want to they want to um, you know they want to elevate themselves, and, yeah. and some of it's not bad, but like you get trapped in that performance, elevation, self exaltation mindset. Where if you just lived in relation with the Father and, and heard His whisper, He would open every door and tell you which one to walk through. Yeah, 
And and so, you know, that's what I would say is live every day in relationship with the Father and do what He tells you to do that day and don't get it twisted. You were made to be a son. You were made to be a daughter. You were made to be a child. And He'll reveal what He wants you to do. If you stay in relationship with Him, you will never get twisted on it. That's good. That's good. Now, Luke, you're not the same dude. You know, that you used to be when you used to rub your belly button. You know, I always thought that was awkward. <laughs> I had to say it. You know, a lot oh, of people. The thing I'm done, I don't, I, I've been trying, I'd pull my shirt out and it messed me up. Yeah. I've been looking crazy. Yeah, and then you had went bald up top. You know, we'll never forget that. Went either. bald up top. We've been through a lot, but yeah. we don't look like what we've been <laughs> through. <laughs> Lou, I want you to tell everybody where they can follow you at and mm-hmm. um, how they can want to get in contact with you. How For is that sure. possible? For sure, you can follow me on Facebook at Luke Remington, Instagram at Luke Remington underscore. Um, And then if you are interested in connecting or having me come do camps, conferences, revivals, services, rallies, um, I love one of my greatest honors, aside from serving Abundant Life Church, is to be able to travel all over the world. We've went to Africa. We went to different, uh, just all different places, man. that's one of my greatest honors and one of my favorite things to do is travel and speak. And so if you want information on that at Luke Remington booking underscore, uh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't mess that up. It ain't that it's Luke Remington booking at gmail.com. Luke Remington booking at gmail.com. If you want me to come out or you just say, Hey, I want to talk to you, whatever. That's where you can contact me at or on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. I'm an open book. Um, I've preached to, 500 students and 50 adults, but wherever the glory of God is and wherever they want a revivalist, I love to be there. So hit me up. Let's let's make something shake. I'd love to come uh, hang out with you, talk with you, connect with you. Look, it was great having you. you yeah, know? it was great to be here. Most definitely. You better say it was great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Luke, for coming. Y'all have a good one.